Hi, this is Cindy Pressgraves with Real Estate Divorce Single Mom. And today I have Josh Bates from, you're supposed to say where are you from, Josh. <laughs> City, are, you, are, we, are we talking brokerages or I think we're not talking brokerages. Today we're talking about real estate scams. So Josh is an amazing broker from Atlanta, Georgia, but he is, where is your office located, by the way? We have, well, we're an all virtual company. We do have an office up in Woodstock uh, that we just kind of achieved uh, that office through acquisition. Um, and I'm not sure how long we're going to keep it, but it's there for now. Brick and mortar. Um, we'll see. We'll see if it's going to stay. All right. So he is an, um, a broker that I've actually connected through Facebook for a long time. And we were talking about real estate scams and dual agency. So there's this group. And even though you're not a realtor, I would encourage you to highly hear this conversation just because it's not going to be boring. It's going to be fun, but it's really, really good resourceful of information. Um, there's a group on Facebook called real estate, uh, Georgia real estate agents helping Georgia real estate agents, something like that. I might have it wrong, but it's on Facebook and we both belong to it. But then there was this actual, um, thing that came online it was actually in the news about dual agency and some people are calling it scams and other people are not calling it scams so we're going to start talking a little bit about that and then we're going to actually talk about real estate scams what's actually happening in the market right now that is awesome yeah the link that you sent me uh, cindy actually sent me this link it was out of florida where dual agency is actually i believe it's illegal to do in florida i'm not positive but um, here in Georgia, it is actually legal. They're just, there are some pretty strict guidelines that you have to follow to do it. Um, but the gist of the story is somebody put an offer in on a very high dollar home and their offer was rejected. And come to find out, it was one of the best offers that agent had received. Well, upon investigation, it turns out that the agent chose an offer and presented an offer to the seller where they were representing both sides of the deal and because the, the buyer didn't have representation. And so obviously that got the investigative teams in the media started to looking into it. And um, I think it's still under investigation. So there hasn't been a resolution yet, but it kind of got the, the topic of conversation um, going. And so Cindy and I have discussed the legalities of it. We have discussed the ethics of it. And yeah, we've had some good conversations about that so far. So here in Georgia, as a dual agency, dual agent, not all brokerages do dual agency just because sometimes it's a pain in the butt, but same time is protecting the client. Um, as a dual agent or dual transaction, we have to be uh, completely transparent with both parties saying, look, I'm the listing agent. Um, they don't have an, they don't have a buyer, but let's see how we can work this out in order to maintain, to make sure that that transaction is actually happening and gets to close to the closing table, especially when there's time of an essence there. We don't want neither parties to fall. Um, the client, for example, the client puts an offer in a house. They don't even have, um, the contingency upon the seller of the home, then okay, what do we do now? Are they going to lose their earnest money, which is like $5,000 to $10,000, depending on the price uh, price point of the home or what's going to happen? Or do we risk it with a different agent? 
But at the same time, we have to present all offers. Meaning in my case, what I do is I send all offers and I put everything on a spreadsheet, breaking down by agent's name, uh, agent's name, brokerage, price point, contingency, financial contingency, and I can go so forth through every single um, offer. It's a pain in the butt to deal with, but in my in my um, my experience, I think that is more beneficial for myself and the client as well, especially the client because they can actually understand and have everything in front of them. Same time, let's go through each offer. All right, which one do you think is better without missing any of them? And putting a timeline, especially during this time. In my case, what I do is I post, I list the properties on a Thursday and I go ahead and make a decision on a Monday morning. That way uh, we have the opportunity to get the highest and best offer, especially during this market. Josh, what do you, what do you guys do in your, in your. A very similar thing. I think we've got very similar models. Um, and the spreadsheet thing is brilliant. That is, you know, the agents that I know that are that are some of the best, most proficient agents do the very same thing. Um, now I can say in this market where you're getting 33 offers, I'm not sure if they have 33 rows of of um, of, of actual documented offers, but they may take the top five or the top 10 and put those on a spreadsheet and send everybody else a form letter saying, "Hey, we've we've looked at your offer. The buyer doesn't or the seller doesn't want to." entertain those. So thank you. And, you know, you're, you're very polite about it, but you turn it down. Um, and those top five or 10, you've got all of those data points entered in, right? And so if it ever comes back, you can honestly say, hey, look, the seller and I, we have gone over every single offer. They've basically seen everything that's out there and they decided that this was the best one. It may not be the, the the top offer either. I mean, you know, there's a number of variables that go into making a decision like that. So, uh, you know, there's no telling why they're going to decide the way that they decide, but that's not your job to figure out. Your job is just to present the offers, right? And, and make sure everything is legal. And so, you know, the way we do things with my company is, you know, dual agency, you know, I'm not, shouting it from the rooftops that everybody should do dual agency because it's risky. But, um, you know, I try as often as I can to make sure that there's two different agents representing two different sides of the transaction, even though it is under the same brokerage. Um, and as long as everything is disclosed and, you know, you've written it out, everybody's signed saying that they are aware of what's happening, then it's perfectly legal to move forward with that. I have seen agents, represent one side as a, a client and the other side as a customer. Technically legal? Yes. Do I advise doing that? It's probably not the best practice in the world, but it's not illegal. And so, you know, we, we try to give agents the latitude and, you know, one of the differences as well, you, you know, not all brokerages are the same, but a hundred percent of our agents are realtors. And so we've got that code of ethics. We've got the designation. And, you know, we use that to our advantage and, and that's how we, we got our business. That's, that's our entire business practice goes through the code of ethics. So, you know, what would you do? How would you do this? It's like, look, if you, if you feel like somebody's getting the short end of the stick, don't do it. 
like it's better to better to back out than push forward in a bad situation. So. No, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's dual agency. It, it, it could be, it's not, it's not an easy process. It is, it is frustrating because it's not, you're representing both sides by the same time. Your goal is to make sure that the transaction goes, doesn't go through the cracks, but it goes to closing. By the same time, right. it has to be benefiting the client. You know, you're well, and it's and right. It, it's what you're promising. It's the service you're promising the client, right? And so, when you take somebody on as a client, what you're promising is confidentiality. And so, how are you confidential to both sides? And so, um, you know, can it be done? Yes. Is it a tightrope? Yes. Um, should you do it? Man, only if you have a bunch of experience and you've got a supportive broker. And if somebody needs to step in and take over and do a designated dual agency type situation where there's a designated separate agent, that's probably the time to, to pull that card. But it's really, it's about the, the services that you provide to the client. And if both sides of the deal think that you're being confidential, then, you know, as long as you've got that trust, I guess it's okay to proceed. And but the second it feels like they don't have it, you're going to be in a pickle. That is true. But it's ba basically being trans transparent from the beginning. It's yeah. funny because one of my first transactions as a real estate agent was dual agency. And I was like, okay, so what do I, because there was a language barrier first and he did not want to put it in the market. And it was like, okay, so what do I do here? And it was really, really interesting because uh, it was my first experience. I, you know, I didn't know what to do exactly, but I knew that I had to be transparent. And when I represent dual agency, I'm like, look, I, if I'm going to be representing both of you guys and I've had clients that are like, look, I'd rather have you do both sides because I am confident a hundred percent that you're going to make this happen. We are not going to have to worry or anything. And it does put a stressor on me big time. Because I'm like, okay, this is going to go right. This is because you never know what's going to happen, especially at the at the closing table or so forth. Um, with with my first transaction in dual agency, I had the the client was like, should I buy this house or not? And her, I kid you not, his wife was about to smack the crap out of her husband at the closing table, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But it didn't happen. But I mean, I don't know. But I mean, it, it was a, it was a good experience. It was an estate sell. It was mixed with an estate sell slash dual agency, and and as is property. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of things going on right there, isn't it? So, and and hopefully, if you're dealing with a, a trust of some kind or or something like that, or an estate, that may actually work out better in a dual agency capacity, um, you know, because the entity that, that you're representing from the estate side, more than likely, they don't have a lot of knowledge about the property anyway. They're just, they're selling it. You know, they, they don't know anything about it. And so, you know, the emotion probably isn't there as, as strongly as it would be with, you know, empty nesters who, you know, their oldest child just, or youngest child just moved out of the house and now all of a sudden they need to downsize and every single memory they've had for 35 years is hanging on the wall and it's super, super emotional. Um, 
you know, they're leaving their home, their actual home. And so that, that would be a hard one. This one is now I'm actually, okay. So it seems like I'm surrounded by dual agencies, but, and I don't do it on purpose, but <laughs> right now I'm closing on a dual agency next week. I closed one last week too. Yeah, I am surrounded, but it's not like I do it on purpose. It's just like I gain both the sellers and the buyers trust, you know, and that's, that's the whole thing, especially when you're talking about an estate, especially when you're talking about, you want this property to go to the right hands. This is an off market property. And it's, it's really interesting because you actually have to dig deeper, especially when you're doing, dealing with an estate and it has so much meaning to them. It's just like, you know, I don't want to put it on the market. Um, I don't, I don't want anybody else to, to look at it or anything, but it's, it's a trust because you have to also look at it when you're actually representing a client, you're, you're building a lifetime relationship with them. You're not, it's not a one-time transaction. You get to know their family. You get to know, um, you know, you know, their kids, you get to know their neighbors, you get to know, you know, where they work at, you know, it's, it's, it's building connections and communication and trust. So that's very, very important. So once they trust you, don't ever break that trust. Be honest, honest and transparent completely. Yeah. And that is such a huge point because in any deal that happens, like the bigger value comes from the relationship that you build with your client. And it doesn't matter if it's a, a dual agency situation or if it's, you know, single agent, single client, like that, it doesn't matter. Um, you're going to get a lot more value out of the long-term relationship than you will out of the short-term payday. So uh, as long as you're going at, at, at this business in that way and with that sense, then I think you're probably going to be okay. Definitely. And don't ever follow the money. Follow, follow, you know, follow the people, follow, you know, educate people. Once you educate people, they're going to, the money comes just into place. Don't be following yeah. these luxury high-end houses, but start small too. You got to find, because I mean, believe me, when you're getting into luxury, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Because I mean, that's when you're actually catering like, okay, are you available? They'll, some of them will text you at three o'clock in the morning. Some of them will text you at, new, at midnight. And it's it all depends on what your experience is based on. And don't get me wrong. Luxury is pretty awesome. But where do you want to be at? What are your goals looking like? Yeah. Well, in, in that, you know, that nice young couple, if you're a brand new agent, the nice young couple with the baby that you're showing a house to today for $125,000, um, you know, in 25 years from now, they may have paid that house off. It's probably appreciated in value. Their kids probably gone to college um, or they've had more kids and they're looking to upsize now and you know, maybe all of a sudden you find yourself in that luxury market because they've been putting money away for 25 years. So, you know, if you stay in the game that long, those are the kinds of things that can happen. So whenever, um, now that you mentioned that, so back in 2000, well, last year, actually. So back in 2019, I started working with a client. He's 23 years old and um, he's like, well, I'm paying $1,800 a month in rent. I'm like, I just moved in with my parents. I'm like, what are you wanting to do? You always guide them, always guide people as you want to be guided, as you want to be helped, as you want to be treated. So think about that first, whenever you're talking to a client, because I'm very blunt and 
people like me being blunt. I mean, if not, then keep on scrolling or just keep on looking for a different agent. I have no problem with that. No, no, no feelings hurt here. And I'll tell them from, from very get go. I'm like, look, you want to work with me? I'm going to be honest and front and, and blunt. So, but there's an art art to being blunt. So if you, if you can be blunt with a smile on your face and, and not make it personal, then, um, then you've got the gift. Yeah, that's true. I can do that too. But so he was 23 years old and he's like, look, I'm scared of buying this house. My girlfriend is not, doesn't want this house. She doesn't like it. Her mom doesn't like it. I'm like, look, let's, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. Are you thinking of marrying her? No. Are you thinking of proposing anytime soon? No. She's just part-time. And you have to ask these questions. It's not that you're being nosy, but you want to have everything on the table. He's like, well, um, I'm like, you got it. Did you talk to your parents? No, you need to sit down and talk to your parents and make sure this is what you really want. Because right now that house is 247,000, but you're going to have within two or three years, you're going to have equity in that. And you're going to have like money in a piggy bank. All right. So we closed um, January, 2020 and it's funny because his girlfriend tried to cancel the transaction. I'm like, look, I'm representing him and not you. So you, you got to stop. And that was like, uh, yeah, it, it was really interesting. So make sure that you know who you're representing before you do anything. You speak about anything on this case too. remember that. Keep that in mind. So yes. January 2020. So after that, he's like, you don't have to deal with her again. She's not going to text you or call you. I'm like, OK, not a problem. Um, we close 2020, he contacts me a few months ago and he's like, Hey, I want to buy a, I want to buy a house. I want to sell this house and I want to buy this house. Do you think I have enough equity to sell this house? I'm like, you know what? Your value in your property has gone over a hundred thousand dollars more. So imagine if he would have not listened to me. And I, I don't like to direct people like or pressure them because that's for me. I'm like, look, if you're not in a hurry, I'm not going to pressure you in a, and all that. I'll just keep in contact with you in touch. Um, and we'll go from there. When you're ready, you're ready. I'm not. So that's one of the 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 wonderful things. I mean, he started from a $250,000 home and now he's looking to buy into a $400,000, $450,000 home. So yeah, never, that's... never like... I would say with anything and everything, don't ever like judge or just like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to deal with them because they're just a hundred or $200,000 home. But keep in mind, houses build equity, life changes, divorces happen, death happens. Um, There's a lot of things that changes, lots of changes. I mean, gosh, everything happens. So you get different aspirations. Like, I mean, maybe maybe you decide you want to start a small farm, a community farm or something, and you can't do it on a post staff lot inside of HOA. So you just, maybe that's why you want to move. So the numbers of, of reasons why, you know, people want to change venues is it's unlimited. There's so many different, you know, everybody's got a different reason for buying or selling. And I totally agree. So it's for me, that's, that's really interesting. And it's just like keeping that relationship and building that relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great story. And it's a perfect example of how, you know, you can take somebody who's real young, very inexperienced, guide them through the process. And you're that default professional now for him. And, you know, he's going to keep coming back to you 
every single time now, because you're the person that made it possible for him to go and get into this $450,000 house. And, you know, if you hadn't given the advice and the guidance, you know, back in the day, he'd still be in a basement somewhere living with his parents. And that's so now that you mentioned basement. So I have a neighbor, I'm not going to mention who, um, if he hears that, he's going to know who it is, but it's funny. Cause he's like, I'm done with the HOA. I'm like, okay, not a problem. I want to sell my house. I'm like, okay. So how's your dating life going so far? How long, <laughs> when was the last time you went on a date? It's been a year. So where are you going to move to? Are you going to move in with your parents? That might be an option. Are you planning to get married? Are you planning to have a relationship anytime soon? He's like, fine, I'm not selling my house. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's basically, it's not about just selling houses. It's about getting to know their real needs. It's not about desperation. It's not about, um, you know, yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to sell a house. I'm going to sell a house. I'm going to sell a house. No, it's about like, okay, do you really need to sell your house? Or do you know where to go? Do you know what your goal is? Do you know what you need to do? Do you know what type of house are you wanting to buy or where you want to be? Have you talked to a lender? You know, these are all things that are very important before even putting a house on the market. You know, yes. one, you know, one thing is that you can say, hey, I own a house. You can own a house all day long, but that does not make you qualified to buy a new house. That's true. That's very true. So... Yeah. And for all the new agents out there that are listening to this, um, Cindy's done this. She's probably done this 10,000 times, you know, and uh, when she says things and, and I second everything that she's saying uh, and support it, she says it's not about the money. You know, if, if you're just starting out and you haven't sold a house yet and you're wondering where you're going to buy that next gallon of milk, um, that's a hard pill to swallow. And, and I get that, but you know, when you've done as many repetitions as Cindy has, and you can get past that desperate feeling almost and panicked feeling, and you can start to focus your energy on, on the good of the client and building relationships and, and being a solid source of information, it will change your real estate career drastically. I totally so. agree with that too. So, I mean, there's, I mean, it's so interesting, like how real estate works because it's your, your marriage counselor. Like I was telling you that's yesterday, honestly, I, for some reason, I've been talking to a lot of people getting divorced or about to submit papers for divorce, um, serve there. And it's just like, look, what are you doing? You know, and it's, I'm not going to say it here, but you know, these are things that I talk to them privately. I'm like, okay, yeah. you're going to get divorced. These are the things that you need to do. Um, I've been through two divorces and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm going to tell you, I brag about it because it's an experience. I never thought in my life that being divorced and going through divorce twice, you know what would help me in my real estate career? Because now I know how to guide people. And, you know, some people are, are afraid. Um, I have two, um, two of my friends, I would say close friends, close Facebook friends, close social media friends, actually more than two, um, TikTok friends too, that are going through divorce. And they're like, I don't know how to do this. We have so many assets. All right. If you're talking about assets, 
Are you going to do it by yourself or are you going to go ahead and just sign everything? When you're in a divorce, you're so vulnerable. You just give everything because you think it's the best thing, best possibility, this alternative. But you actually need someone that will guide you. A divorce attorney will tell you completely. But if you're going through it, let me know and I'll, I'll be happy to guide you on that too. I mean, I'll private message you. I don't charge for that, by the way. But it's, it's guiding your clients in the best interest as possible. Sometimes it's better to not sell. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's to make it into a company. Um, with my previous ex-husband, I made it into a company and we had a property and then I sold it. <laughs> so, so that, that's different, that's different varieties. And you know what? It's taken as amicable as possible. Have you had any experience with divorces? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've actually, I've been through divorce. And the one thing I can say about divorce is it is easier to follow the stage advice of somebody from outside of the divorce than it is to try to think of all the different angles yourself. Um, you know, and well, I'm a Marine as well. And I served in Iraq and, and all these other things. And so, you know, you hear people in the military, in particular combat, like veterans talking about the fog of war, how things start happening. It's so overwhelming. You can't think of one thing and you find yourself just overwhelmed with the amount of things that you're taking in. Then the same thing happens in divorce and in any other emotionally like trying time in your life where the things that are coming at you, you never imagined in a million years that you almost can't believe you're in that situation. It seems surreal and you can't figure out which way is up, which way is left, which way is right. Never mind, you know, cleansing a house so that you can put it on a market. Like that is the last thing that you want to think about doing. It is the one shred of, of like a foundation of consistency that maybe you've had over the last several years. And now you're thinking about getting rid of that. And you just don't even know where to start. Like it's coming at you from every different angle and you lay down at night, your head swirls until you pass out and fall asleep. And then you wake up the next day and you're in the fog again. And so at some point, somebody that you trust has to come in. That's got an objective viewpoint that's detached from the entire situation. They have to look at this all and go, okay, here's your next best course of action. This is what you should do and trust them enough to take the advice and go with it. And, and, you know, if you're dealing with somebody obviously like Cindy or like one of my agents, um, you know, you're going to get a good level of service. You're going to get somebody that's honest, ethical, kind, understanding, empathetic, and, you know, take the advice and run with it. So yeah, to those people that are in that situation, I feel you, I get it. Um, it's a terrible place to be in, but you know, there's, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. So keep pressing forward. Definitely. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, and it's not rushing everything. I mean, if you want to go ahead and say, you know what, I want this to work super fast, but then you agree to everything. Oh gosh. Think about it's, it's a contract. It's a legal contract that will remain for the rest of your life. And meaning right. is that every time you go through that loan process, you have to bring up the divorce decree. The divorce decree and if you're paying child support and if you're getting alimony, these are things that you have to take into consideration. It's a legal contract mandating by the court. Like it or not, yes, it is. It was is going to follow you for the rest of your life. Yep. Very, very true. 
Yeah. So this whole conversation started with dual agency and, and potential scams and pitfalls and things like that. Um, I will say that, that if you find yourself in an emotionally trying situation like this, um, you very well could be victim to a scam. And that's where having a good real estate agent is such a huge benefit. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at, at my computer screen, loan foreclosure relief scam, wire fraud scam, loan flipping scam, commercial real estate scam, home inspection scam. They're all over the place. It's outrageous. So I'm going to tell you something that actually happened to one of my clients. Not so the other day, I think like a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting on my dining table with my, with my assistant and I had my client call me in panic, like Cindy, my brother's in trouble. I'm like, okay, so what type of trouble? He's going to lose his house. Okay. So how, what happened? Give me the, um, he's like, he signed a document. He thought it was for someone to see the house. And now he's actually having to sell the house. Okay, I kid you not. This is a document. Like, uh, let me. It was a written. It was a written document. I'm just using this as an example. Written document. Um, it was misspelled incorrectly. He had signed the the last page. He did not. They never gave him the first page. Um, now, this came from a reputable agency. They're very, very worldwide. And the agent did not disclose that he was an agent. So I will say the county, though. This was um, so as soon as he signed that document, he went. They went ahead and they registered that um, contract in DeKalb County. They recorded it directly with them. So that means that he cannot sell the property. And he's now. They actually took him to court. So if you think. That because uh, that you keep in mind that any document you sign, don't ever sign a blank document. Don't ever sign something that you have no knowledge. You got to check it. You can't not trust and you can't trust anybody. So he's a pro probably going to be losing his house. I'd, the only loophole that I saw was that he needed a, a written letter from the grantor that makes him the grantee in order to sell the property. That's the only loophole. But this man is visually impaired. Oh, yeah, visually impaired, hearing impaired. And he's um, he takes very heavy medication on a daily basis. So these are scams that are actually going out there. So if you think that you can sell your house on your own, oh, yeah, I know it better. I know everything. Look, it's not about just having a, a pretty face and just putting signs and opening doors. This is not... It is so much more that it's, I'm telling you, um, once my book releases, I hope you guys read it and all that, but the things that I go through sometimes, I call the, uni the unicorn situation. I mean, every time I talk to my broker, he's like, oh, what now? <laughs> like, oh gosh, never heard of it. Oh, great. Let me just see. But these are things that are actually happening. We deal with so many things in the back end, and sometimes we don't even want to tell our clients. So after we finish with the transaction, all right, so this is everything we went through. Some some processes will be smooth and some won't, especially like um, fraud, like scam. Um, and I bet you've seen this all the time. Uh, Pre-approval letters that are fake, fake pre-approval letters, uh, fake proof of funds, fake introduction yeah. letters. I mean, these are all things happening. 
And it's just like, mm, what do, do you really want to deal with that? I mean, as an agent, we can actually dig more deeper, but you as an owner, you, you're not able to do that. You cannot dig deeper. I mean, you can, but are they going to give you the information? Mm, I don't think so. Well, probably you've got better things to do. That's true. I'm assuming you're, you're probably working or looking for work or something. Um, you know, tending to kids, tending to grandkids, doing, you're doing something that, you know, having to do all of this research and digging deeper and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, certainly you've got better things to do. And fortunately for us, we don't, this is what we do for a living. So um, maybe just leave it to the pros. No. Um, have you had any, what are, what's your uh, experience with scams and all that? You know, they pop up from time to time and, you know, it's usually, it's pretty obvious when, um, you know, and you, you and I talked a little bit before we came on and, and started recording, but um, it, everybody knows what a good, solid real estate transaction should feel like. Is it going to be emotional? Yes. Is it going to be a bunch of different things? Yes. But the second you start getting people that are like, well, you know, I want to list the house, but I don't want to put a sign in the property. Oh, and by the way, I don't want the tenants to know. And oh, by the way, I won't sign an exclusive right to sell. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to sign this, that, and the other thing. And oh, by the way, yeah, I know you use GAR forms, but I don't want to use GAR forms. I want to use my own contracts. Um, you know, when they start throwing these conditions out there, that, that should be, that's a sign from the universe to stop and, and take a look at what's going on around you. Like, honestly, seriously, don't, you know how it should feel. And so if it starts to feel contrary to that, really give it a good scrutinizing look and, and be judgmental of the situation that's happening. And, you know, if you can look at it and you can say, yeah, well, you know, you can kind of write off some of the different things. People not wanting to put a sign in your yard, that might be an HOA thing. Who knows? It could be a bunch of different that would be okay. But, no sign on the yard. Because I mean, believe me, I, I had a situation that the client was like, look, I don't want to sign on the yard because my neighbor's nosy and she's going to be. Oh, my neighbor's nosy, right. And it's exactly. just look, I, I'm like, okay, interesting. That's fine. Not, not, not a problem. Because I mean, believe me, after I put that sign, the neighbor was calling me nonstop. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the first open house is for the neighbors. The rest of the open house is for everybody else. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but if you start to feel like people are starting to make excuses and they're starting to hand you documents that you don't recognize and you need to pass by an attorney or something like that, and the attorney sees it and they're like, ooh, no, let's, let's not do any of these things. You should definitely take a look at the origin of the paperwork and where it came from and who's giving it to you. And really determine, do I want to have a relationship with this person right now? Do I want to go through this transaction process with them? And if you say no, trust your gut and walk away. And it's okay so, to walk away. It is perfectly great to walk away, actually. Because you know what? Sometimes keep in mind, this is your livelihood as a realtor. This is your livelihood. This is what you work for. And I do this full time. I'd rather lose a transaction and say, you know what? That's okay. It's the universe will bring me much more. That's fine. And and it's okay with that. But in this case, there are some clients that I'm like, you know what? I'm not working with you. I'm not wasting. And I, I will tell them this, but you got to de dig deeper. D 
dig deeper before you even meet with a client. I ask a lot of questions. I'm like, are you working with an agent? What's your situation? I'll be like up front. What is going on? Are you getting divorced or not? And it's okay to ask these questions. You're not being too nosy because you need to get up there in business because it yeah. is important. You're actually, keep in mind that when you're actually selling a house, you're you're basically coming into the safe haven. What's really going on there? You know, and like I said, when, I don't know if I said this in, in a few podcasts or was in one of my videos, but once, once you get into someone's house, you can actually read the person. You can see if they're going through medical issues or um, financial issues, you know, um, if they're, if they're careless or not, what's really going on in their life. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like following somebody in a car and their license tag frame says cheer mom. And they've got all the different stick figures of kids on the back of their car. And they've got, you know, Raider high school or whatever, call it whatever you want. Um, high school. It, it's like, okay, I know exactly where this person's going to be during football season every single Friday of this period of time. Like you can read everything about them. You get everything from their car. You can read it like a book. And it's the same thing with houses. So I had an agent call me yesterday that uh, she said a bunch of the things that I said before the, the examples that I gave, you know, he doesn't want to sign this. He won't do that. Doesn't want to talk to the tenants about the, the fact that he's going to sell the house, which I guess ultimately he doesn't have to. Um, but a bunch of different, a bunch of different flags went up with her. And I just asked, I said, look, you know, the answer to this already. It's like, you wouldn't be calling me if you thought I was just going to say, yeah, move forward. So you're calling me because you want me to tell you it's okay to walk away and it's okay to walk away. Just walk away. Don't do it. And she was like, you know what? You're right. That is, I was just looking for you to say it. And it's like, okay, we're there. I said it. And so she goes, you know what? Next time I have this feeling, I probably don't even need to call. I was like, well, if you do, you're welcome to. So, and, and so, I mean, that's, that's one of the, it's funny because agent psychology is one of the things that as a, as a broker, um, that's one of the things that you have to deal with all the time is, you know, the, the mental state of, of your agents and what they're going through in their decision-making process, because they get in that fog as well. One of the biggest benefits you can provide as a broker to your agents is being objective and taking a step back from the situation and looking at it and going, no, this is, this is the situation. This is the best decision, the best course of action. Um, based on your client's needs and what they want. And that's the service that you can provide as a broker in, in addition to the expertise, obviously. But yeah. Especially like if you're a new agent and all that, I really want to bring this up. Um, I've, I've been through different agencies and yes, I'm not with Phantom. I'm with um, EXP. And you know what? We all collaborate. That's okay. We don't have to cut our throats or anything. We can all be friends because you know what? At the end of the day, it's we're going to find each other in this field sooner or later. And we work all together. So we're nice to each other. It's like playing with people in playgrounds. So That's right. nice to our friends. Um, so it's whenever you actually choose a real, uh, a real estate company, a brokerage, when you're getting your license, it's really, really important to interview the broker. Um, I had a broker sure. that has a hundred percent commission. And he didn't know the answers. He didn't, he couldn't support me. He couldn't give me what I needed. And it was frustrating because I was like, okay, so what do I do in this situation? What do I do in that situation? What happens now? Be like, uh, I don't know. And that becomes really frustrating because then you don't have the appropriate guidance. 
But at the same time, keep in mind, this is your livelihood. Don't go for what is cheaper or what is like better. Just make make sure that you interview different um, brokerages and make sure that they can actually back you up in a situation. That's right. Yeah, it's super advising. Yeah, multiple situations. You know, I on my path to becoming a broker, so I, I got out of the Marine Corps and and went into real estate. And as a brand new agent, gosh, I think over time I've had four different brokers. And I was blessed to have three that were really, really super brokers. I mean, fantastic brokers. Um, patient, kind, uh, were great teachers. I mean, just every great descriptor you can think of it were these brokers. They just embodied the role and and they were just very, very good. And then I, I had a couple, like one in particular, that was just terrible. Like, and, and it was obvious. It's like, man, how did you get to this level? You know, and, and, and so what that does, what that did, it did a couple of things. It, it's like, okay, so now I've got a couple of really good examples. They set a very high bar. And now I know what I'm not willing to be as well. So that's kind of the ground floor. And so when I actually got my broker's license, opened my own firm, I knew what kind of broker I wanted to be. And so when Fathom came along and they offered me the the qualifying broker position for the state, it was it was an opportunity to lead. It was an opportunity to do a bunch of different things. But more than anything, it was an opportunity to work with agents and develop them on an individual level. And it's been the most wonderful thing that's that's happened to me in this career so far. So it's been great. I admire brokers, but I will not be a broker because you know what? Yeah. I don't like being in hot water. I mean, with the situations that I actually encounter, uh, I mean, every transaction is not, some transactions are smooth. Some transactions are not. I mean, for instance, I, I will, I have a client. I met them. I showed them houses. They're out of state and we're closing next. We're closing Monday. And new construction, they didn't come through the walkthrough. They're like, oh, no, you're going to do that. I'm like, okay, not a problem. But then the pressure is on me that if that walkthrough does not go flawless, I mean, what if something happens? You know, this is me walking through a a new construction property. Don't get me wrong. They have, you know, they they cover things and all that. But you want to make sure that everything is like, okay, perfect. Not really perfect because nothing's perfect. But... Right. You know, it is a lot of pressure as an agent, but in this case, all right, this is what I, I went through. This is what we're talking about. And they, they'll back me up. They're not coming to closing. Yeah. They're doing a mail away. It's okay with that. But I'm like, okay. Oh, I got to tell you something crazy. So this agent, no, no, not this agent, this, this client. So after we're in, in under contract for six months, she's like, Hey, um, can you, um, there's this agent that he's my friend, but he wants to go ahead and get your commission. What? <laughs> I'm like, that is illegal. We've been under contract for six months. And now you're saying this, you cannot do that. I mean, that's unethical completely. So yeah. uh, things like that happen. I mean, it, it's, I mean, that's one of the smallest things, but it's having building communication with other building communication and connecting with other agents. There's a lot of people that will say out there not connecting with agents. It's a, it's a waste of time. No, it's not. Believe it or not. It is not a waste of time. It's basically you're building a relationship. You're getting to know who you are, who they are, because you know what, 
What if they have a listing? I have agents that contact me all the time. Do you have a buyer for this? Do you have a buyer for that? Um, hey, do you know anybody selling for so how can how can we make a, a deal work? And I've had I've worked with other agents in that way. Um, I mean, it's it's basically helping each other because if you're a solid agent, believe me, anybody's gonna understand you and it's gonna want to work with you. If you're not a solid agent, forget about that. You're flaky. You don't want that. Yeah, and the community is super small. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand. There's like 33,000 agents or something like that in this area. Um, at least that's the last time I checked. I don't know if it's that exact number at this point. But that means that, you know, 20% or so are doing the actual work. That, you know, that's 6,000 agents, right? And so that's less than 1% of the total population of Atlanta. And if you think that we're not going to run into each other from time to time with all of the different transactions that happen, you crazy. So everybody's going to run into each other. Um, and you have to be a good steward of the industry. And, you know, if you're not a good steward of industry, you're going to stick out as, as being that agent that's hard to work with. And yeah, it's just, it's the facts of the matter. And so of the 6,000, there's probably 4,000 that everybody loves and maybe another couple thousand that people would, tend to shy away from. And I so, would say like, hey, you know what? Um, I I try to connect with agents. Uh, I try to connect with people. Sometimes I'm a, a little bit busy, but you know what? TikTok is a great way to follow other agents. Social media, I mean, make your videos, be authentic. That's what's going to actually stand you out out of, out of this community. Be authentic. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you think you're silly, <laughs> look at my videos. <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be like, how are you going to, I mean, you want people to get to know you as a person. You're also a human being. It's just not business all the time. Check in with those clients that, Hey, you know what? I have three right now. One is in hospice. The other one has been in and out of the ICU. And I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? Is everything okay? I just wanted to follow up with you. Is there anything I can do? Is there any food that I can take to you or something? You know, think about those things. You're also human. You have a heart, right? I think so. <laughs> so it all depends. But that's what I tell my people. Uh, that's what I tell uh, people in my database or clients or people in general. Look, I have a heart. You know, I, I'm a human being too. It's not about business all the time. It's about how can I really help you? And some people are like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the the lion's share of the videos that I've seen of you on Facebook are not, they don't revolve around business. It's it's always something personal, whether it's a Blake Shelton concert or your kids running around at five in the morning screaming or you screaming <laughs> and dancing around at five o'clock in the morning, trying to wake your kids up or something like that. Um, you know, it's always something that's outside of, of business. And, and that's refreshing. And oftentimes it's just stories, right? Whatever's at the top of the scroll it on the Facebook app, you know, I kind of scroll through there and I'll, I'll tap on some of them just to see what's happening. And, um, I think largely that's, that's what I see of, of you on social media. And so that's my impression of you on social media where you also throw in the occasional, you know, here's my sign. It's in the front yard. It's hot pink. It's awesome. You know, you're standing in front of a cool listing, um, third one this week or something like that. And, you know, it's always something awesome. And so, uh, you know, it's fun. So it's like, you know, you identify yourself as a, as a realtor and as a, as a very ambitious real estate agent, but you're a human real estate agent as well. So that's some robotic, robotic person that 
doesn't have a life. Oh, definitely. And if you're a single parent, you know what? Sometimes it is okay to show properties with your kids. It doesn't mean you're going to lose a client. No. Look, if you look at one of my videos, it's a money mill model. I, I I had my kids and they were driving me nuts that day. I kid you not. I was like, can you guys please calm down? And they're like upstairs in the model home, jumping up and down the couch. And I'm like, you know what? I just hired these kids. You just improvise. I hired these kids and I used them like props. I hired them. Okay, really? They're they're actually my kids. You know, I just add them to the video. And you know what? It makes them feel like you're in an actual family home, you know? And <laughs> I, I just try to work with what I have. Um, I'm a full-time single mom, single parent. But you know what? I, I try to put my kids, um, involve them in my business as much as I can. But at the same time, I try to be mommy. And I try to be a business owner. And I try to be a realtor. But it's okay to show houses with your kids. It might not be professional at times, but you pick and choose your clients. Some of them don't care. Some of them will. Some of them, you know what? You got to make it work. And sometimes it might not even be the best best fit for you. It's true. Yeah, it, this is very much a, an industry of will. And if you've got the will to power through hard situations and, you know, you can see all the reasons why to do it and not the reasons why not to do it, uh, you'll be a success eventually. You just have to keep grinding. And, and gosh, it's the grind is the hard part. And, you know, everybody can identify, gosh, yeah, I'm sure nobody likes to wake up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning, but consistently the people that do it, it's a proven thing. It's a proven, proven performers do that. And, um, you know, there's something to the early bird gets the worm and, you know, the ability to drive on, it, you know, it adds a couple extra hours onto your morning. And that's when everybody's most productive, whether they like it or not. You can call yourself a night owl if you want to, but mornings are where it's at. And that is very true. I totally completely agree with you because the earlier you wake up, the earlier you can focus on different things, but always set yourself goals, 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 goals. That's important. Um, I have a goal for next year. I mean, this year was, I'll probably end up this year by with 15 million in sales volume, which is amazing. But I work my butt off. Like when I'm telling you to work my butt off, I work my butt off. Um, if you're asking me about like scripts, I don't use scripts. I'm a very weird agent. <laughs> All right. Let's say unique, not weird. Um, but effective agent. I, I like to connect with people and keep in mind when you're making calls. All right. I don't know if you ever heard about Mel Gibson, the five, five, four, three, two, one rule. Use that, read that book. I'm a, I, I like to read a lot too. Um, it's really important, but once you make those calls, it's just like, don't get nervous. They're also human beings on the phone call, on the phone. You know, you don't know what they're going through. Send them a video, send them, you know, send them video. I mean, I do video text messages, video emails, video messages through Facebook, um, TikTok. TikTok has been my go-to now just because that's more where I've actually reached more people. But I mean, YouTube shorts, I mean, just make yourself well known as if you're shy, if you're uncomfortable, you need to get uncomfortable in order to get comfortable. That's where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to succeed. Don't follow the crowd. If not, have a unique style. Yeah. Yeah. Very few people have gotten famous or or at least successful in their own minds without going through some sort of discomfort first. 
And, you know, the more you're willing to push yourself out of your comfort zone, the better off you'll be. And, you know, it's, it's, gosh, the, I, I think back to my time in the military. And one of the things that I appreciate most is they put you in uncomfortable situations constantly. Um, at least in the Marine Corps, they did. I don't know what everybody else does, but hey, it Air was too, okay? Air Force too. <laughs> Air Force. Force yeah, they were oftentimes, oftentimes, I'm sure the Air Force is uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, we'll give you that. So, uh, but, but the discomfort that, that, you know, the odd situations, I mean, just, you know, terrible situations where you feel like you've messed up in front of the entire unit or something like that. And the next thing you know, depending on how you handle it, you may be taking a leadership position for all those guys next. And so, you know, it's, it's a, an unusual thing, but had you not gone through that uncomfortable time, you never would be qualified to be leading from the front ever. And so it's such an, an unusual thing. And, and at the time it is so darn uncomfortable that you wish you weren't in it. And the second you get through it and it's in the rearview mirror, you're like, man, that was awesome. Totally awesome. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. And so for the people who, you know, gosh, where am I going to get leads from? Where am I going to get leads from? Where am I going to get leads from? Well, if you're making phone calls and you're developing your sphere and, you, you know, because that's what everybody talks about, right? Develop your sphere. If you're out there having coffee and talking to people at the coffee shop, if you're, you know, constantly promoting yourself and not in an annoying way, not like, hey, here's my business card. Here's my business card. Here's my business card to everybody, you know, peppering them onto people's windshields and stuff like that. That's not probably the way that's just going to get your stuff thrown on the ground. Um, you know, just be real, be human, connect with people. And somebody will eventually ask you, Hey, you know, would you like to sell my house? That's how it happens. And, you know, if you have a hard time talking to people, you have a hard time being in groups, whatever, tailor it to you, but get a little uncomfortable, be okay with being uncomfortable. Um, it'll, it'll benefit you in the long run, especially if you're doing it in the name of your, your own self-development. And I totally agree with that. It's like, um, so I, um, and you need to visualize where you want to be too. self-improvement yeah. books, reading, 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 You'll be like, okay, I don't like reading. All right. There's audible, audible, um, yeah. you know, also go through scripts. I'm not saying use the scripts all the time, but how are you really talking to people? Are you talking to people like, Hey, I, I don't even know a script ring ring. Who are you? Um, Sally, Sally who? And okay. Now I'm not making fun of scripts, but I can't use scripts. I just can't because it's just like so robotic for me. But my thing is make it as natural as possible. Like, look, I I'm basically like I was telling you earlier, I'm following up with people in my database. Are you following up with those people? I'm making a list. I mean, I have my board there that I have people that I'm going to have, I follow up. I'm going to do this like really quick. That's so, awesome. So that's my board there. And, but it's just communicating, communicating and following up with them. Like, Hey, how you doing? It's been a while. Like I, um, I followed up with a few people that I closed on a few weeks ago. Be like, Hey, how are you selling in? Do you need anything? How are you liking your new home? How can I help you connecting other people? That's all. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, don't shy away from the script. Look at the script and figure out line by line what the script is trying to figure out. So, you know, that you can you can actually put those things into your own words and you don't feel like a cold piece of salami when you're talking to somebody on the phone. Like it's 
you know, it's, it's this weird, odd feeling talking from a script and people totally see it coming. They, they see it coming from a mile away. So just don't do it. They're just going to hang up on you anyhow, then block your number. So, you know, understanding that you've only got probably one shot, like, what do you want that shot to look like? Do you want it to look like a, a cold script or do you want it to look like a warm person smiling on the other end of the phone and having a conversation? So I prefer the latter. If you're the cold call, cold script person, so be it. Do you? And I totally agree with that. So there's so many things and we can actually go about this hours and hours and hours. But you know what? <laughs> this is why we make it so interesting. So you can actually go ahead and listen to my net podcast. So, <laughs> Josh, thank you very much. We'll have to, I'll have to invite you some other time. Um, come back. This has been awesome. So I really appreciate you having me on here. See, and you. I got you out of your comfort zone. See? Ta-da! <laughs> This is my first podcast. I've never done a podcast before. so You might start your own podcast, too. Maybe I will. You just never know. Hey. Maybe you'll be a guest on mine. Real Estate with Josh. Here in That's America. right. <laughs> <laughs> She's starting something now. Thank you, Josh. That's right. We All right. Take it easy. Good luck, everybody. I will. Bye. Have a nice day. Ciao. Bye.